Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. Happy New Year, and welcome to this episode titled Best Year Ever. I am so excited you're joining us today. I'm Carrie Conover, the host of Educators to Educators, and welcome to 2020. It's hard to believe that another decade has passed us by. It's also hard for me to believe that I've lived through all of the 80s, all of the 90s, all of the 2000s, and all of the teens. So now we're into 2020. I can't believe it's time to get a new decade started. And today, I thought it would be really nice to dig back into the E2E archive, not into the podcast archive, but back into the conference archive and go back to my presentation from the first ever New Year Reboot, which was in 2019. I did a presentation called Best Year Ever. What I've done is gone back and taken the audio from that presentation, which has never been published outside of our membership site, and give you a glimpse into that presentation. I go through many ways that you can think about making 2020 your best year ever. These are very practical tips and helpful reminders about things that may have been dragging you down and what you can do to make sure you make this year and this new decade your best ever. So thanks for joining us today. Before we begin, this episode is sponsored by eSpark Learning. eSpark Learning is one of E2E's biggest and most supportive sponsors. They just helped sponsor the E2E New Year Reboot Conference, which was amazing. If you weren't able to join us for that conference, you still can. Everything was recorded, everything's there for you, and it's now part of the E2E membership site. As you all know, that membership is $10 a month. I keep it super affordable so that you can get the resources you need. So thank you to eSpark Learning. You can check out more about eSpark at esparklearning.com. All right, let's get started. Let's go back into the archives and hear my advice for having your best year ever. My name is Carrie Conover and I am the founder of Educators to Educators. Thank you so much for joining us for Teacher New Year Reboot and for this session on Best Year Ever. In this session, I'm gonna share 10 things that I think could have held you back from happiness and fulfillment in your personal life and professional life. My name is Carrie Conover and I've been on this earth for 41 years. Sometimes I can barely believe it. I still kind of feel like I'm 23, but I am an entrepreneur and I am the founder of Educators to Educators. My life has been full of lots of exciting things and I've taken a lot of risks in my professional life that have gotten me here today. And I've also had a lot of amazing personal things happen in my life. I have an amazing husband and two incredible kids. I have a busy and full life. But I've also had a lot of loss. I've lost both of my brothers, two brothers within five years of each other, and gone through a lot of just personal hard things. But I really believe in the power of squeezing the most out of our lives, the lives that we are given on this earth. On my journey of 41 years on this life, I've learned a lot from my own experiences, but also watching others. 
I've been so lucky in my life to be mentored by so many incredible principals, administrators, um, people in the business world, founders of companies. And now I just have just the life I honestly always dreamed of living. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm building something incredible here at Educators to Educators. And I've learned a lot. And I'd like to share some of my tips and tricks of really having it all and making the life I wanted to live, even through hard loss and obstacles that have come my way. Let's start with number one. Are you taking on too much? I have a feeling that if you're at this conference, you're a go-getter who likes to achieve and be the best teacher you can be. But my question to you is, are you taking on too much? I have a lot of people that I've coached in the past that feel like doing more makes them feel more like they're an achiever and they're a better teacher. But I want to ask you, are there things that you can streamline in your classroom to make simpler? Can you get parents to help you? Or maybe you'll just do things less and pull back a little bit so that you have more time in your personal life. Are you that person that's on every single committee and says yes to everything? Maybe it's time to say no to some things. Go over and check out my new friend Emily's um, presentation about the magical word of saying no. It's incredible, and she's talking all about this in her presentation. The next thing that could be holding you back in your life is that you think that when you're resting, you're resting, but you're actually not. So think back on this holiday break. What did you do during your rest time? Now, I have to admit, I used to think resting was like laying on the couch in my pajamas and maybe skipping a shower for a day or two and just binging on Netflix. This was kind of before I had kids. But even though my kids are older now, we can have a couple of lazy days. But what I realized is if I'm binge watching Netflix, one or two days can go by and have really done nothing and I actually feel worse about myself. I feel just like I accomplished nothing. Not that I have to always be accomplishing something, But what I've realized, if I put more structure behind my rest, I'm actually resting better. So for instance, when I do have some downtime, so after this conference is over, I've been working so hard on this conference, I'm gonna take a week or two where I'm resting, which means I'm scheduling in a workout, a walk, and yoga. I love to cook, so I'm gonna be cooking from scratch and healthy meals. So I'm not laying on the couch doing nothing, but I'm doing things that rejuvenate my mind and soul. I'm gonna do some writing and brainstorming, but that's all the work I'm gonna be doing. So I want you to think back in 2018, when it was time to rest, were you truly resting and rejuvenating? I'm not saying that I don't binge watch Grey's Anatomy or watch TV, I do that, but I schedule it and I stick to a small time limit and chunk of each day. So I'm spreading that rest and rejuvenation out over you know, my designated time. Another thing that could be really holding you back in getting everything you want is not having your home, the place where you live, whether you live with roommates and you have one room or you have a house with five bedrooms, it doesn't matter. Is your home a place where you can go that's a sanctuary where you truly can get that rest in or get that workout or do the favorite things that you wanna do? So are you living in a place of clutter? I think your home and your home base is what really allows you to go out into the world and be your best. Maybe you need to clean out your closet. Maybe you need to do a home inventory and get things in order so that you feel 
restful and calm when you enter your home. Next, number four, maybe you have experienced some trauma and loss this year. I can understand that. I told you, I mean, I lost two brothers within five years and grief can knock you on your butt. So I want to say to all of you that have lost someone that you love, maybe a pet, maybe someone that you really loved, maybe a sibling or a parent this year, and it knocked you on your butt and you did not feel happiness year this year, that is okay. People ask me a lot how I've gotten through everything that I've been through in my life. It's a lot. I'm going to write a book one day. Hold me to it. And I always say, because I took my gift of emotional intelligence and I leaned into the hard things and I felt them and I didn't run away from the hard things. So if this year you face something hard, one, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to cry. It's okay to not feel yourself. It's not okay to run from those things though. So lean into those and take that pain, lean into it and turn it into something positive that makes your life better. I just wanted to let you know that if you have experienced that loss, I want you to know that you can start moving forward. The next thing I want to talk about is people. People can really bring you down and people can really bring you up. I did a workshop, a live workshop recently with all women, and we were talking about personal board of directors. And I was talking about how important it is that you have a personal board of directors in your life, people that you admire and that care about you and that are pushing you in the right direction. I have a course called Best Year Ever, which we're going to talk about at the end of this if you're interested in taking. But one of the things we do is a people inventory Who are the people that you need more of and who are the people you need less of? And you need to be aware of the people that are bringing you down and and people that are uh, lifting you up. It's so important. Maybe you're in a toxic relationship that you need to get out of. And maybe, you know, you need to set up some boundaries in your life. So that's another thing, people that can really be bringing you down. Another thing that I see a lot in my coaching clients is that they are all or nothing type of people. It's like, I need to either have my classroom look like I transformed it into Disneyland or it's going to just be nothing. So sometimes in life, a lot of times in life, it's okay to do things 80 or 90% because guess what? Your 80 or 90% is probably better than most people's 50%. Don't be that all or nothing person because you're setting yourself up for failure. What can you do in your personal life and your professional life to do things good enough? Maybe you stress yourself out about making everything homemade in your home and that stresses you out because you want to, you know, have homemade organic fresh food. Well, is there a way that you could spend a little bit of extra money and have some of that food delivered or hire someone Um, to babysit your kids two hours a week so that you can do those things stress-free. So while I love that passion, I think that sometimes we kick into this overachiever mode and that's not healthy. You're going to wear yourself out. So in 2019, what can you do to pull back a little bit, still do the things you love and think are important, but not overwhelm yourself? Okay. Raise your hand if you're a box checker. 
Are you a person who loves to make lists and check them off when they're done? I had a friend in college that I would make fun of because she would have these like extravagant lists that were like paint nails, eat lunch. I'm like, drink water, go to the bathroom. Like where do, how far are we going to go with these lists? And I love her because she's super type A and she's one of my best friends. And she's actually taught me a lot about getting things done in life. But are you doing things just to check them off the list? Is it that you're putting things on those lists to check them off? Do you have meaning and intention in everything that you're doing? And do you have a plan behind those boxes that you're checking off? And I've coached a lot of people on their career and personal life. And I have to tell you that this is a problem that I see in a lot of achievers that is blocking them from getting what they want is because they're clouding their life with things to do to stay busy when none of those align to their big picture goals. So what are your big picture goals in 2019? What do you want to get better at? Do you want to better your marriage? Do you want to better your relationship? Do you want to find a life partner personally? Do you want to take on a new passion like starting a podcast? Well, maybe you want to become a mentor or coach in your community and you know there's a job coming up. Everything in your to-do list needs to align to making you a better person so you can re, you know, get to those goals. So just be careful that you're not filling your life with boxes to check that take you nowhere. What is the intention behind all of those things on your to-do list? Oh man, some of us are big helpers. As teachers, we are helpers. But sometimes I find that we spiral into a place where we're helping everyone else without helping ourselves especially if you're a parent. It's really easy to make yourself last. I have to tell you that this year, I really focus, I have a business coach who is one of the best in Chicagoland area. Oh my gosh, he is incredible. And uh, he really pulls out my strengths in me. But one of the things he helped me realize is I am an achiever and I like to bring people together. And that's amazing, but that also is a formula for burning myself out. So I have an Excel sheet that I build every week with everything that I have to do personally and professionally, and I have to color code those whether I do those things I plan. And there's things in there such as taking my dog for a walk at lunch. You know, I'm up here working, working, working while my kids are at school, and like I need to take care of myself. And so one of my rewards for every day stopping and taking my dog for a walk is on Friday. I go to the foot massage place down the street and I get a foot massage, which is like heaven on earth. And yeah, that's an investment of $30 every week and $120 a month, but it is the best money I spend. And it also, I'm motivating myself with self-care. So If you're busy always taking care of other people, maybe it's time to rein it in and think about you first. Structure your week and your life and your days first. Fit in your self-care first and then everyone else. It's not wrong. You should not feel guilty for doing that. When I'm in that mode, I am a better mother, a better friend, a better wife. Okay, I wanna ask you a question. Have you turned into a negative Nelly and you don't even know it? I've been doing this project. We're releasing this course called Parent-Teacher Relationships. I'm writing it with a principal. It's super cool. And we're releasing it in the spring. 
And so I've been interviewing parents about their attitudes about school. And one of the things I have them do is rate themselves on this like negativity, positivity scale scale that I came up with. And I, I interviewed some parents from my child's school that I know are very negative, like total negative Nellies, no matter if we're at a party, at school, whatever, negative Nelly. And it's so funny. I've, I've interviewed a couple of them and guess where they rate themselves? Super high on the positivity scale. It just cracks me up. But one thing I've really learned about from doing this research is that a lot of times negative people do not realize that they are being negative. They don't realize that they're Debbie Downers. So are you a person that has kind of become one of those negative Nellies? There's an exercise you can do to kind of track yourself. So you can use your mood, set an alarm on your phone for every hour, and I want you to track your mood. And I want you to think about the things that have come out of your mouth during the last hour. Were you complaining for 30 minutes to a coworker before school started? Were you complaining about a student? Were you complaining about your sister? Like, Start to, to stop every hour and say, how negative have I been in the last hour? And really track if you've kind of slipped into this negative headspace, because that definitely will not allow you to have your best year ever. Okay, my final one. I wanna talk about bored versus busy. In my 10th year of teaching, I have to tell you, I wasn't very happy. I was feeling kind of depressed and I just wasn't feeling the energy that I had felt in the past nine years of teaching. Now, for you know, the year before my brother had committed suicide, and, um, and it was really hard on me. And I think that I didn't feel some of the ripple effects of that suicide until my 10th year of teaching until that last year. Um, but I found that I was super busy. I had like two young kids. I was teaching full time. I was working out. Like I was doing all the things I was supposed to be doing, but I was keeping myself busy because I was bored. So bored I, I hear people say all the time, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Like as teachers, a lot of time, we're I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Are you making yourself busy because you're bored? Because the only person that can control your busyness factor in your life is you. Going back to like, can you say no to things? Are you keeping yourself busy because something else is eating it inside of you and the busyness makes you feel better. It makes you feel productive. It makes you feel like you're living a full life. Go over and check out Ashley's The Magical, um, The Magic of Tidying Up Your Classroom. I think she has a lot of really good messages in there about like filling your life with stuff to make yourself kind of feel better. Um, I really love that session. It's a great session to go check out. But my question to you is like, is the busyness that you're feeling, is it a way to, to kind of like push down this feeling of boredom? I find that like teachers a lot of times think that I'm they're kind of stuck in teaching forever. And I hate to say that, but I hear it a lot out of people's mouth is like, well, I'm a teacher. That's what I'm going to be forever. And I think that there are ways you can be a teacher and keep growing professionally and personally so that you feel fulfilled by your job again. I hope you've enjoyed this presentation that I gave in the 2019 New Year Reboot Conference. I hope some of these tips and tricks help you to really push yourself in 2020 to live your dream life. Thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, keep on teaching on.